For letter V, we're going to look at the virgin birth. It's something we only usually talk about at Christmas, which makes sense. Matthew chapter 1, he's telling the story of Jesus' birth and says, all these events happen to fulfill the prophecy that says the virgin will conceive and bear a child, so call him Emmanuel. Although plenty of people have questioned over the years, and it's like, um, I never see anybody calling Jesus Emmanuel, what about that? And that's just one piece of why I want to go back and look at this prophecy a little closer. It comes from Isaiah chapter 7, and it's far more interesting than we usually recognize. Because this happens in a time when Israel is split into two kingdoms. There's the north that's called Israel, and the south is Judah. And this guy named Ahaz is the king of Judah. And the king of Israel and Syria, they team up together and they're going to come attack him. So Ahaz is freaking out a bit. And Isaiah is sent to Ahaz with a message from God that essentially says, don't worry about it, it's going to be okay, I've got it, you're okay. And I don't know if Ahaz was skeptical or what, because Isaiah, you know, speaking for God, tells him, ask me for anything, ask any sign you want, and, you know, we'll prove that this is what's going to happen. And Ahaz says, no, 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 I won't ask for any sign, I'm not going to test God. Which sounds like a good thing. It's a lot like Jesus when he was being tempted, saying, you know, it's written, don't put God to the test. But apparently Ahaz had some kind of a bad attitude, or it was like this false self-righteousness thing going on, because God got annoyed with that answer. And he was like, is it not enough for you to weary your enemies? you got to weary God too? Okay, fine, I will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and bear a child, and she'll call his name Emmanuel. It means God with us. He's going to eat curds and honey, which is a way of saying he's going to be doing all right. He's going to be well-fed, well-taken care of, not just scraping by. And when he's old enough to, you know, choose the good and, you know, reject the evil, or he's old enough to know right from wrong, basically, by, the t by that time, these people that you're afraid of right now, I will have utterly wiped them out. And that doesn't seem like that is really talking about Jesus, because if it was... How meaningless would that be for Ahaz? If it's, hey, there's these armies coming against you, but don't worry, in like five, six hundred years, Jesus is going to be born. And it's like, well, that's lovely, I'm glad to hear it, but we're all going to die. And I don't think that that's all it meant. There had to be something local, something immediate. And this happens in prophecy a lot. Um, you actually see it later in Matthew, in the Christmas story, that... After Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, they flee to Egypt because Herod's trying to kill them, and eventually they come back, and Matthew says, you know, this happened to fulfill the prophecy, where it says, you know, out of Egypt I've called my son, which you can see that in there, in that context applying to Jesus, but if you go back and read it in its original context, it was clearly talking about Israel, that God brought them out of Egypt. And probably prior to that point, prior to Matthew writing that, Everybody just saw that as, oh yes, he's talking about Israel, there it is, cool. But it's Matthew, in telling the story of Jesus, I think the Holy Spirit revealed to him, hey, by the way, that thing, that's what I did here. That was actually foreshadowing this. That's how prophecy works a lot. There's, you know, almost always there was something local to, like, when the prophet was saying it and who he was speaking to, there was something that was relevant then and there, but then it also had this bigger, later meaning. And I'm not sure how often they realized that the later meaning was there until hundreds of years later people saw it and looking back on it could see that. But I think this is exactly what's going on. And so in the context of Ahaz, 
I'm not sure if there was some other virgin birth that we just never heard about. It's possible, but it seems strange that we wouldn't know it. Um, maybe there's some credibility to some of the English translations that a lot of Christians get bent out of shape over. I'm, I'm not fond of them myself, where they actually say, you know, a woman who is now a virgin will conceive and bear a child. As though it's like, yeah, that girl right over there, uh, she's a virgin now, but give it a couple years, she's going to get married, have a kid, and when that kid is old enough to know right from wrong, by then, this will all be gone. So he could be in, like, you know, three to five years sort of range. And I could see that being a thing. Because God could be telling Ahaz, yeah, it's going to be a rough season, no lie, but stick with me, I've got you, it's all going to work out. That's something God says a lot, actually. And this being how prophecy works, I think what happened is Matthew's telling the story, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him and shows him that actually applies to right here. And that's the cool thing, because that still happens. The Holy Spirit is still speaking, like the Bible itself is living and active. It's God's Word that does things that no other book does. We've had it for thousands of years and been studying it. Lots of people have, you know, spent a lifetime studying this, but no one's ever fully mined everything that it has. And it still speaks today. Like, it's uncanny how you can be a nerd like me who reads a lot, and you can be reading a passage that you've read so many times you're almost bored going through it, and suddenly something jumps out of there, and it's like, I've never seen that. And also, holy cow, that completely applies to what's in the headlines today. And that's what the Bible does, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. This is, this is why the Bible's worth reading, and this is why you need to read it yourself. Because the Holy Spirit speaks through His Word, speaks and makes this come to life. That's what happened to Matthew, and why he was taking things that he probably knew as history from hundreds of years ago, and said, Oh my goodness, this thing that I witnessed happening was fulfilling that thing. I didn't even know that was a prophecy, but clearly it spoke of this. Matthew was seeing that. We can still see those things happen. This is what the Holy Spirit does.